Welcome to Sastery in the Making, the podcast that features the people who made the software world what it is today and the leaders who are shaping the future of technology. Here's your host, Matt Wallach. Hey, I want to ask you something. Do you want to learn about what you're doing that's killing your deals or why 47% of sales reps routinely fail to meet their quota? Or would you prefer to learn how to move beyond technology to maximize sales effectiveness? If so, then you're in the right place for today's episode. Don't sit back and relax. Lean forward and listen close. You may just come away with something powerful. This is Sastery in the Making. I'm your host, Matt Wallach, and I'm thrilled to be joined by Membrane CEO and founder, George Brontian. George, how you doing? Good. Thanks for having me. Good to meet. Absolutely. So George is a great guy. He's doing a lot of wonderful things. He's out of Sweden and he's the CEO and founder of Membrane, which is the leading sales enablement CRM for B2B sales teams. This is a slick system. Let me tell you, lots of awards and achievements that they've been able to come across. And George also wants to make sure you're not you know, losing deals. In fact, he's the author of a book that's called Stop Killing Deals, How to Avoid Deadly Assumptions and Achieve Sales Excellence. He really knows his stuff. He's a multi-time founder, lots of success with several tech companies, and I am thrilled that he is with us. So, George, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. Good to be here. Absolutely. I want to know more about what's going on at Membrane lately and, and, and what's coming up. Can you tell me a little bit about it? Yeah, sure. We, uh, like everyone else in these times, we're working from home and... <laughs> Uh, we have customers who are struggling and some who are being very successful. And uh, one of the common denominators is that companies have uh, are looking into how they can better grow their ex- existing accounts. So if you're asking what we're doing lately, we're really very much focused on building out a new module in Membrane, which we're going to call Account Growth. So it's going to be all about what do you do once you've actually won a client to make sure that you deliver on your value proposition and grow the client and grow with the client. So that's what's uh, new and hot right now at, at Membrane. I think that's fantastic. And one of the things that I, I, I love that you guys have out there, and it's something that I believe in as well, is you've got this ideology. It says how you sell matters. And can you tell me more about what that means to you? Yes. Yeah, that's the tagline. And uh, I'm always happy when people react to that tagline the way you did. <laughs> uh, because it is my, um, my belief that how we sell is really what differentiates us in, in today's market. Because everything looks very much the same out there. If you go to a website and then you go to their competitor's website, it's very hard to tell the two apart. So I think companies need to focus a lot more on how they actually go to market, how their salespeople engage. So the whole product membrane is really built around that idea that we need to become much more specific and much more professional and much more structured mm-hmm. and and how we actually sell. So that's that's really putting the focus on your way of selling is what we're trying to do with that slogan. 
Yeah, I, I love it. And one of the things that I preach to my clients, you know, there's the, the fact that five years ago, if you were a software company, you had about 2.6 competitors on average. And, and, and so there wasn't a ton of, of competition in the market. But now, if you're a software company, you have 9.7 competitors. There's just been a huge influx of, of product, a huge influx of competition. And so you look around and there's 10 other companies that are just like you trying to get at the same market. And so if you're all going with the same approach, it's not going to look good. You said it perfectly. You look the same as everybody else. And yeah. so you need to differentiate. And obviously your product should differentiate, but also how you sell matters. I love that. Your process, your sales process is critical so that you can come out you know, ahead of everybody else. They'll recognize, hey, this is a company that's got it. This is a, a sales rep who understands me and understands what I'm trying to do. And you'll rise above the rest. It sounds like you're seeing that as well. Yes, and, and it's not that hard because most do it pretty poorly. Uh, <laughs> I would agree. I mean, to, to be quite honest, I mean, that, that, that way, the, the whole concept of selling is is actually quite wrong. I mean, yes, we want to sell, but what is selling? It's really about helping someone, right, to buy from you because it helps them achieve something. So we should think about it differently, I think. And, and the way we design the sales process must be aligned with what the buyer is trying to accomplish or should be trying to accomplish because they might not know what they could accomplish before you actually contact them, but you're there to help them not to sell to them, right? Of course, the outcome will be that you sell to them. That's what you want, of course. Mm -hmm. But just the mindset about the purpose of us communicating with the customer isn't to sell, it is to help. Uh, I think that's an important thing to have in mind. And once you, once you start then designing everything you do around that, that buyer focus, uh, it really helps you to stand out. Because you, you can hear that as a buyer, right? This person is not just trying to push stuff down my throat. They're actually asking me questions uh, that are relevant to me and that would help me. Uh, I, I hear that. So I get intrigued and interested. I totally agree. And, and, and we have a natural reaction when somebody's trying to sell us something. In fact, there's the old saying of people love to buy things, but they don't love to be sold. Yeah. So... So I do these sales process audits where uh, companies hire me to basically go through their sales process as a, uh, a prospect. I, uh, the, the higher ups know that, that I'm doing it, but the sales reps don't. And so they go through their normal process. And I learn a lot on these calls. And I go through their demos and I hear everything that they're, that they're saying, which is great because I can report it back. But uh, I had a scenario a few weeks back where uh, my client's sales rep, at one point said, I'll sell you anything you want to buy. Whereas the competitor sales rep, at one point, he told me, you might not even need our product. Let me make sure you get what you do need. And I was perfect for his product. I set up a fake profile that would obviously be perfect for them. But And he knew that, but it was very consultative. And immediately it gave me a feeling of comfort because I knew that this wasn't a person trying to sell me. He's trying to solve my problem, just yeah. as, as you said, George. So mm. uh, it, that is absolutely, it was a perfect dichotomy of back-to-back -back calls of somebody trying to just sell me and doesn't really care about my problem 
and somebody who cares and wants to get the problem solved, whether it's his product or not. It turned out his product was perfect, but mm, that's the point. Yeah, yeah, it's night and day. Yeah, I, I, I really appreciate it. And so that's kind of a lot of what I talk about with my clients is let's make sure that we're, we're solving the problem. It sounds like Membrane is doing that as well. Yeah, we're agnostic to to what how people want to design their sales uh, efforts, but of course we we have we have thoughts and ideas on what we think is is right. But um, definitely, I think in order to stand out and be competitive today, you, you just you just have to be buyer aligned, and and, and aligned is a, is a is a word that I use a lot, and and maybe in this context, it's it's not always right either because you when, sometimes when people hear that, they hear. I need to be a servant to the buyer. And that's not true. You don't want to, you just don't, you don't just want to do whatever the buyer tells you to, to do. Of course not. That's wrong. Then you become a lapdog. That's something different. But you want to be, you want to be helping them. You want to be maybe even um, pushing them a bit, pushing their, their limits of, of how they've thought about what you could be helping them with. So, um, you want to be helpful, uh, but but not not a lapdog. Yeah, totally. And they're there because they need help. They want an expert to guide them and to steer them through the process and to help them and, and, and lead them along. They don't want somebody just to, to bow down to their beck and call, for sure. So I totally agree with that. But I want to know about your book, Stop Killing Deals. I, I often am talking about companies that are wasting leads. And so this sounds very similar. So uh, tell me what led you to write it? Yeah. So uh, in, in my, uh, my previous company, I, uh, we sold IT automation products um, or software. And, and uh, the buyer was a, um, a value-added reseller, someone who sort of managed IT for other companies. And this aut- automation platform could help them become really profitable. I mean, they could go from like 3% profit margin to 30%. was a huge improvement, wow. right? Wow. Uh, but selling it, and I didn't realize this at the time, but it was very complex because it was super intrusive. Not, it was not that you bought this and you just, it was a self-playing piano. They basically had to change their, the way they packaged their services, the way they marketed their services, the way they delivered them. You know, everything had to change. Wow. And I don't think I realized that at first. So I, I know that I didn't realize that at first, how much changes that were needed inside of that company that bought this product. Uh, and I, I thought selling is selling, right? So uh, when I, as I started selling this, I, uh, I was successful. I brought in my younger brother. He was very successful. And then we started hiring salespeople and we just failed miserably. Mm. I hired and I fired and I hired and I fired. And and I had to, it, it was costing me a lot of money and I had to sit down and think about this. Why am I not being success, successful with this? Why are the salespeople that I've hired using professional recruiters, hiring people that have a great CV and, and seem to have a personality that I think a person ought to have to be a successful salesperson? Mm-hmm. Uh, why are they failing? And of course, the answers I got when talking to myself was that I was the problem, right? I I had not trained them well. I had I was making assumptions on how a good salesperson, what the traits are of, of a good salesperson. I thought salesperson people were born basically, uh, mm-hmm. 
uh, I thought they were competitive by nature. They would do everything that was needed in order to reach the goals that I had set up for them. I trained them really well in the in the product and the business side of the the, the proposition. I really failed at training them in how to engage the technical people. So one mm. of the the silly mistakes uh, most salespeople did because of my failures and theirs was they did not engage the technical people. So the technical people at the client said, you know what, dear boss, we don't need this. Because mm. they thought if their boss would buy IT automation, they would lose their jobs, basically. Mm. So when, when I sort of realized that, wow, that's amazing. If I, if I just If we just engage these people, let's see if we can improve. And we sort of tripled the win rates. Wow. So it was just a massive... Massive improvement on such yeah, a that's simple amazing. mistake, right? You could it was it was just a simple mistake and a stupid mistake. Mm. So that's how when I introduced uh, or saw the the power of process, like oh my god, if this if such a simple thing is missed, uh, we're killing a lot of deals. So th then I read a book uh, called uh, the Checklist Manifesto. Not sure if you've heard about it already, but it's it's uh, it's become mm -hmm. quite popular in the sales space lately. It's about surgeons surgeons who introduce checklists to reduce uh, the problems that can occur uh, in surgery, and they reduced deaths with forty seven percent. I think it was. Wow. Which to me was like, oh my god! If if a surgeon can sort of reduce the number of deaths with and cut that in half. Uh, these are people that are highly trained. They're operating on a patient that is lying there still on the table, one person. Yeah. <laughs> in, in a complex deal, say B2B, you might be selling, could take you like nine months or even more. And you're talking to and engaging a bunch of different people. There's so many things that can go wrong. For sure. So that was when I sort of realized that, my God, I need a checklist. Uh for sales, um, and and uh, and I need to stop killing deals. Uh, <laughs> so the book title was a long <laughs> answer to your question, but really the book's title and and the the topics in the book are about okay. We need to realize that selling is a profession. Uh, it's not it's not something you're born into. You're not born a salesperson. Uh, mm -hmm. at least not if you're in a complex B2B sales environment, right? It's There are lots of skills you need to learn. You need to train. You need to be, need to be coached. You need to get experienced. There's so many things involved. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's not just that you're born with a specific trait. So the book really talks about these assumptions that I was making. And then I think a lot of people are still making about sales. And then it, go, it sort of in the half of the book, then I switch over to like, what can we do about it? And and uh, start talking about a lot about process. I'm a big believer in process and checklist. Me too. Me <laughs> too, my friend. I, I've, I've got to read it. That sounds like it's right up my alley and speaking my language. So I'm definitely going to gonna look into that and check it out. Um, and, and I know that sales enablement, you know, membrane is the sales enablement CRM. So and that's a phrase, sales enablement, that a lot of people kind of maybe define differently. I'm not sure everybody looks at it exactly the same way. What does it mean to you and your team? Yeah, it goes back to the how, really. 
for me, sales enablement, if you look at it holistically, which I think we should be doing, it, it, it entails a lot of different things. But it's really about the execution of sales enablement is, is really making sure that all the parts are working. We, we have a strategy. The strategy is aligned with the process or the process is aligned with the, with the, with the strategy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a methodology or a way of selling that we train. We have content that is relevant for the buyer. We know when to share that. We know how to access it. Uh, we have goals that are tied back to the, the process, which is tied back to the strat- uh, strategy. We have coaches who know how to coach. I mean, there are lots of different aspects, but it's all about enabling the salespeople or the sales motions to be completed and executed with as little friction as possible. I love it. I think that that's so important. And a lot of times companies don't see that. And the sales team has a bunch of friction in their way on the way to the sales. So I love that that Membrane is doing that and making that process a bit easier. Yeah. And I think there's an inflation of tools also. I mean, uh, if you look at um, tools that are coming out in this market, you have everyone that builds a tool, not everyone, but I see a lot of point solutions, right? You create a tool to email faster and to call faster, uh, to to book meetings faster. And then you, all of a sudden you have the CRM and you have five, six different add-ons and and you're jumping around between all these apps. And instead of being more efficient and effective, you're actually becoming less efficient and effective. So that's one of the big pieces for me is how do we, how do we reduce the number of, of uh, shiny objects and instead focus on the actual process and the movement and the progress and the coaching and all the stuff that really matters? Yeah, I think that's amazing. Um, in, in some of your marketing, I saw it says that uh, CRM is not the answer. It says CRM is not the answer. Um, is that a bit of what you're talking about? And if CRM is not the answer, what is? Yeah, so CRM in, in my definition is sort of the, the the foundation of information. So that's where you have your accounts, your contacts, maybe a list of opportunities, mm-hmm. but it doesn't show you how to do things, right? So it usually doesn't have a very detailed playbook. So you either have to buy a plugin or an, an additional, additional tool for that. Mm-hmm. So just having data, that, that's basically what I mean to, to shorten my answer here a bit. But CRM in my book is the foundation. That's where you have the, the data, uh, but it doesn't drive behaviors. So yeah. enablement in my book is about more about the how. How do we do things? How can we um, enable? How can we coach? How can we improve our skills and, and competence? Um, all those things need to sit on top of the CRM, or, or as we say, we're a sales enablement CRM because we've, we're sort of adding all those pieces into the same platform instead mm-hmm. of buying one CRM and then five plugins and da-da-da. Yeah, so basically, I, I want to just simplify to say CRM is the database, and that's not enough. Yeah, that's, I would totally agree, and that sounds delightful to have all that together. But uh, how would you say it's shifting away from from what you're doing now, but... You know, looking back, how has the company changed from the early days to now where you are at scale? Yeah, we work a lot with partners. 
So that's uh, we we have uh, about a hundred partners or so worldwide who are sales development experts. Uh, so in the beginning we were not as international. So there's a lot more international um, uh, contacts today, which I find extremely uh, fun uh, and stimulating. So that's oh, a big, sure. uh, big change that we've made. And also, I, I might want to add why we did that because the, the thing is with sales is you don't just buy a piece of software like Membrane or any other software and you're done, right? There is no shortcut to this. It's, it's a profession, right? So we have to work together, uh, sales trainers, uh, business development people, training uh, and technology. It all needs to come together in a nice way. Right. So that's been a big shift for us. Um, we, we, in, when we started this, I thought we believed that you could, we could sell the product online. And people know this stuff, and I was the only one who was stupid. But it, it turns out that there is a big skills gap in in many companies when it comes to sales management. So, yeah, the whole ch the whole channel uh, partner play is super key for us, and a big big change. So we work well, as a team. That's good. I'm glad that that's that's working out so well for you. And and I want to know more because we have a lot of. Uh, the software leaders and founders who listen to the show. So as a software leader yourself, what personality traits or, or characteristics have you found to be most helpful in your journey? Um, I guess I would say curiosity, uh, really being curious about what we are, how the the product we are building is helping and, and what's not helping and uh, what are customers and in our case also partners experiencing that we can help them uh, do better so really i think being very very uh, curious and listening and hearing what they're saying i think that that's that might be for founders one of our problems is we we think we know uh what we should be building and what the customers ought to be buying. Uh, but we have to be very uh, close to the market and really listen deeply. Um, and then we can come up with, with the ideas. Um, sometimes you have to really shift quickly. Um, and, and, and I think um, one of the things that might answer your previous question and this, you asked, how has my role changed? And I didn't really answer that. I've I've been forced <laughs> to to take much of a sort of a lead singer role. Um, I'm I'm an introvert, uh, really, and um, and so yet I. I, I'm I'm in a lot of podcasts. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm doing a lot of things that you might think you might if you just see that you think I'm a, a big extrovert. But really, you need to be. Maybe not always, but I do think it's a benefit if you're as the leader out there singing the lead song. You're the what what represents the company, and uh, you take sure. a stance and you really have a voice. I think that's important. It is important, and I find so many leaders. Uh, and you mentioned you're an introvert. I am as well. Uh, who are introverts, but are able to to project that voice, as you're saying, and be that face of the company very, very well. So it looks like you're, you're doing a great job with it. So kudos. 
<laughs> yeah, thanks. But it was a big step for me. I remember when when uh, they forced me to start uh, using Twitter. Uh, I can't remember <laughs> how, how many years back it was, but I'm in Sweden, right? So I think uh, for 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 Americans, Twitter was sort of a natural. Uh, I don't think you texted much, right? And we text. We've been texting forever uh, in Scandinavia. So I think you Twitter became sort of. Uh, natural for you guys. For us, it was kind of what's this Twitter thing? I don't get it. Why, why should I be using that? Uh, so that was a big step. I remember that how I said, "Okay, I'll do it. I'll, I'll just do it and see where it goes." And uh, that's been, of course, super important for us growing our our presence and brand. That's wonderful. So, so as we're talking with software leaders out there, what tips would you give based on your journey? Uh, what tips would you give to other software leaders as they begin their journey? Uh, well, now I'm, I'm focused on selling. So I, I think once you sort of have a, a, a product market fit, the, the, you see you're getting some traction and you want to scale up, don't, don't just assume that salespeople know how to sell or that even sales managers and sales directors know how to lead. Uh, it's not... It's not um, it, even if someone has done it successfully in another company, it might they might not work uh, in your environment. So selling is quite complex. So, so I would advise, unless they have all these sales experience themselves, to to bring in a sales development expert who knows these things. Have them design a process for you because selling is both. I mean, they ask me sometimes, is it art or is it science? And I said. It's, it's both. It, it, it can be artfully executed, but, but really you have to design a process in order to scale it. And you need a leader or in the beginning, maybe a, a, an external coach who can help your salespeople, coach them, help them grow, help them improve the process and just systemize this whole thing. Or you'll be in that hiring and firing trap that I was. I swear, folks, I did not tell George to tell you to hire coaches like me. But uh, thank you, George, for making this a great commercial for my services. Uh, <laughs> but but I totally agree If it, it, because what you said is, is so perfect. I see it all the time. I mentioned I have done these audits. And usually when I do these audits and, and, and review salespeople, they've been salespeople for a yep. long time. And yet they're doing so many things incorrectly or skipping things completely that they should be doing. And it's surprising to me. But you, I think you said it earlier that a lot of companies bring salespeople on, they train them on the product, but then totally forget to train them about the sales process or don't even have a sales process in place. They just think, oh, you've sold before. Go do this. Here's what our product's about. Sell it. And it, it really trips a lot of reps up. It trips a lot of companies up. You need to have a defined process so that you can differentiate so that you know exactly what's going to happen. And then everybody's consistent. All of your reps have that consistency. So yeah. Yeah. You, you said it perfectly. Super. But uh, I, I, I have loved this conversation. Again, we've been talking with George Brontian, the CEO of Membrane. George, how, how can people learn more about Membrane or your book, Stop Killing Deals? So I have the coolest URL for the book. It's stop.killing.deals. <laughs> That's great. That makes stop. it easy. That makes it easy. You can read about the book there, and there are some resources and white papers you can download. Membrane.com is where you find Membrane. And uh, I, I do blog uh, every week, and we have great guest bloggers. So if you go to membrane.com slash blog, and you can subscribe to that, and you'll get 
on a weekly basis our our thoughts on on complex B2B selling. That's fantastic. Well, George, thank you so much. I appreciate you coming on. My pleasure. Thanks a lot. Absolutely. Well, everyone else, take care. We will see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Sastery in the Making. Join us next episode for another look into how today's visionaries are creating the next generation of innovation.